You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. everybody and thank you for tuning in and listening or watching our show i understand this is now on youtube and so thanks everybody for uh, taking some time this morning to join um what i hope will be a very uh interesting and thought-provoking show this is bob gilligan of the catholic conference of illinois and uh today uh let me just briefly mention this is wndz uh, AM 750 in Chicago. Uh, that's how you can listen to the program. And also, you can watch it on YouTube. And if you go to YouTube, that's Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot com slash Catholic Chicago. So you can watch it or listen to it. And so today's program is being recorded on Friday uh, for airing and viewing on Monday, the 15th of November, I believe it is. Um, so let's, uh, do this here before we, uh, do anything else. Let me just go over the lineup for this morning. Uh, the lineup is this, uh, we'll cover three topics. Um, for people who follow the Catholic conference and follow the news in general, I think you would know that, uh, the general assembly just concluded what they call its veto session, um, which is, probably a misnomer because generally the thinking is that this gives the opportunity for the legislature to act on vetoes that the governor may have enacted since the legislature met back in the spring, concluding in May. But uh, we didn't, either the governor didn't veto many things or uh, we, they, we decided to go in a different direction. So there were a, a lot of hot, controversial topics that we're going to get into that we weren't very involved with. Um, we're going to talk th- about those with our guests here this morning. So uh, that's what basically the subject of, of today's show is, uh, the, those topics that were addressed during the recently uh, concluded veto session. And so what we'll do is have three guests. Our first guest is a state representative who was very outspoken and supported uh, the Catholic Conference position and, quite frankly, the position of, of most uh, rational people. Uh, and he spoke out uh, strongly against the repeal of the Parental Notification Act. His name is Representative Chris Bost. He's from the 51st District. He'll jump on here in a second. And after that, what we'll do is we'll talk about the uh, repeal of the uh, conscience rights uh, that is now going to be enacted. Um, the Health Care Right of Conscience Act was something, another issue we were very involved with, uh, and that didn't go very well because the legislature basically gutted conscience rights for, uh, as it pertains to COVID and COVID vaccines. And then finally, the third part of our show, we'll talk about something that's going on at the national level that's not getting a lot of attention, but we wanted to shed some light on that topic. And that is uh, the problem we're having with religious worker visas. Uh, There's a huge backlog on religious worker visas and uh, what's going on uh, in processing those for many of our people that work in our schools and our hospitals and our churches. And uh, so we're going to be joined by David Spicer. He's with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. 
He is going to talk to us about that topic uh, at the third portion of the program, um, which would be, let's see if I can do math in my head, uh, that would be at 840. Uh, sorry, we're taping this, so times are a little different. So without further ado, let's bring in our first guest. Uh, his name is Representative Chris Bost. He's from the 51st District, which is basically like Lake Zurich area. And uh, you know what? Let him describe where he is. Representative Bost, are, we, are you with us? Absolutely. Hey, there thanks is. for having me today. Hey, thanks for joining us. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I can see you. This is pretty cool. Um, let's describe uh, your district is I know it's in Lake Zurich, but uh, there's other portions to that legislative district as well. Yeah, currently the hub of the area is Lake Zurich. We go to Hawthorne Woods, Kildare, Deer Park, Tower Lakes, Barrington, uh, touch a little bit of Gray's Lake, uh, go over into Mundelein, Libertyville, uh, then a little bit of uh, Waukegan, I think on the street of Waukegan, Green Oaks, I'm trying to remember all of the great little villages that we have that make this up, Long Grove, a little bit of Vernon Hills. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a complex area, but it's an incredible area to get to not only live, but uh, it's a humbled honor that get to represent them. And this is your first year in the legislature, correct? So you're, uh, you're, 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 you're approaching this with fresh eyes. Any years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good or bad. However right. you want to think about that. Uh, you know, right. I think there's there's we've got a great freshman class this year. You do. Uh, there's there's a lot of us that are, are on, outside of being humbled and honored to be here. You know, we're we're fired up and we're encouraged and we're excited. And, you know, we we don't have the baggage bringing into it that that right. many uh, who maybe jaded over the years or whatever it may be. We're, we're, we're hopeful and we're fighters and uh, we want to see the change that we so desperately need uh, actually happen in the state. It's, it's, it's interesting here listening to you. Um, it gives people perspective of the legislative districts and just how uh, what you have to deal with and the, the territory you have to cover and, uh, and, and the excitement that you bring to the job. So what, 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 before we go into the topic of parental notification, you've had an interesting run because you, you were elected and then COVID happens. And so we're in this quasi state of meeting. Uh, we're not meeting. Well, now I think we're kind of back to meeting at least a, a little halfway there. Yeah. Uh, the committee hearings are still online. So you've, you've had a totally different experience than, than anybody previous to you in that seat or before. So it's not been the normal uh, progress of events that usually happen. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge, uh, you know, jumping on board, you know, we were down there really quickly to get sworn in and then went back, you know, doing everything remotely, went down there to authorize some things to be able to happen more remotely, then went back home and worked, you know, out of the office doing Zoom committees and, and things like that. So as as a freshman, especially, it's really challenging, uh, you know, when a lot of relationships are built and made right. in person, uh, you know, the hallway conversations, who you're sitting next to on the floor, who you're in committees with on both sides of the aisle, getting to see that you're more than just you know somebody in a box here on on a screen yeah. <laughs> uh you know that you bring different things to the table and yeah the the inability to have those conversations for a newbie uh was was definitely a challenge but it was great when we got to get down there um you know on the flip of that there were there were some relationships at least virtually built so that when we did get into person it was a quick well hey let's go grab let's go grab dinner and right let's, let's go grab a coffee let's right. go talk right uh, there was there was something there you weren't just blindly walking into things either yeah it, it was interesting even for us because it was like when you met somebody virtually uh on zoom and they met them in person you would have to ask the question well is it nice to meet you did we meet before <laughs> it's kind of it's that <laughs> awkward sort of pause so uh you go through the first session your, your first year uh a lot of issues with COVID, COVID-related things, all the federal money that that came in, and how to allocate that, and that sort of thing. And 
And and there was a lot of uh, activity like in May of this year. Uh, one of the things that was talked about a lot, I think, behind the scenes, not publicly, was about the parental notification law. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, the, for for various reasons, that legislation was never called um, during the regular session uh, when the, we met from, let's say, January through May. Uh, it had been looming out there. It had been introduced. A lot of people were concerned about it, talked about it behind the scenes. And so one of the things that I think that's interesting about the whole repeal of parental notification is just how fast it happened. Because if you take a yeah. step back and you think about, like, boy, was that really fair in terms of a, a proper amount of public input and dialogue that was given to this very sensitive subject um, that happened in a really short period of time? Um, so, I mean, why don't we start with, like, when did you first hear about this? What were your thoughts when you heard about parental notification? Because you have a bit of a background we'll get into in a second. So as, yeah. as, as a father, as a, as a discerning person, what, I mean, what was your reaction to repeal of a parental notification of abortion law? Yeah, we heard that it was a possibility, you know, early on, uh, and, and it was something that we were preparing for, but it was just kind of looming and floating out there. And so when we got through May and it didn't it didn't come up, we're like, all right, cool, they're going to, you know, they'll 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 try it again next year. Um, you know, there's always a the thought they could do it over veto session, but we it, we were thinking I was thinking if they didn't try it during regular session, there's a reason why. Right. And, you know, they'll they'll try it next year. Maybe they'll get a little bit more momentum, work on it over the summer, try to build a groundswell on their end to really push this through. Um, but then, yeah, that that last minute, all of a sudden it popped up in veto. And we're like, oh, wow. OK, because uh, even the beginning of veto, we didn't think that it was going to be brought up. You know, there was all sorts of debate whether they had the votes to be able right. to pass it or not, uh, because, as as you said, like any discerning person looks at this and goes, I don't understand. I don't understand why we're getting rid of this uh, in, in, in. Yeah. And, and it was a close vote, too. You know, it wasn't this overwhelming, uh, you know, push on one side or the other. It was a, it was a close vote and it barely passed. In, in terms of background, just I, I, we've talked about this before, but the law, basically what it says is that um, prior to an abortion proceeding, if a minor is seeking an abortion and they go into a health uh, into an abortion facility, that facility has to notify that person's parent or adult guardian at least 48 hours before the procedure taking place. And then there's this other issue that when they wrote the law back in 95, I think it was, yeah, 95, that said that, well, if there's situations of abuse or that kind of thing, that then the minor can, uh, number one, attest that they've been abused and then the then the abortion would proceed. And then secondly, if they found necessary, they could seek this judicial bypass where they could plead their case before a, for a judge. Um, and, and then this situation would go forward. And I think of the 500 some odd cases before a, an administrative law judge, I think all but one were approved, something yeah. like that. So, it, I mean, this was kind of a solution without a problem, but there's an agenda here. So well, why don't we just talk about, like, what were your objections to the bill? What were you thinking about it? Um, what, was, what, what was wrong with it in your eyes? Yeah, there's multiple fronts that made it yeah. wrong, right? Uh, as you said, it, it wasn't a parental approval. It was just simply parental notification, letting a loved one know that that your minor that you're responsible for is going to have a medical procedure. Uh, that in and of itself should have been in a, a no-brainer. Uh, but the, the judicial bypass to be able to allow and help those who are victims uh, is another no-brainer. We're actually helping children. Uh, but for me, you know, the biggest 
red flag check mark stand up and need to make sure I say something about this because my background. Yeah. Um, I was a kids and family pastor for a while, but I've also worked in fighting against this epidemic of sex trafficking across the world. I've worked in India uh, fighting this and most recently worked here in the Chicagoland area, working for the only safe house in the state of Illinois for minors that were rescued from sex trafficking, uh, some of them being as young as 10 years old. Uh, if you didn't know, the average age of entry into sex trafficking is between 12 and 14 here in the U.S., so 13 years old. We're talking about children here. Uh, it was one of the things that greatly frustrated me uh, on the other side when they kept talking about women who are seeking this and women who need this. Like, no, these aren't women. These are children. These are children who need support of a loved one or if they are being victimized by a loved one, need support of a judicial system that can actually do something about it and help these girls get out of those situations. There are children here in Illinois who have been rescued from their traffickers because of parental notification. And the other side said it's just hyperbole. It's not. I've looked her in the eyes. I know her. Uh, we can't. She didn't want to talk any further. Her family didn't want to talk any further. Obviously, it's an incredibly sensitive issue, but this is a reality. And now we're opening the door, given, you know, the previous bills that have been passed with allowing, you know, anyone and everyone to have an abortion at any point in time throughout their pregnancy, essentially, from anywhere in the in the world to be able to come here in Illinois and the taxpayers pay for it. So now we're opening the door for these traffickers and these pimps and those who abuse and exploit children to come to Illinois, cover up their crimes. And hey, while you're here, we got to pay for the trip. So we're going to let somebody else abuse you a little bit more before we take you back to wherever we're going. You gave one of the more uh, provide. Uh, I think you could you, you had, you know, you've been down there long enough to even know, like there's a lot of debate on the House floor. And, and, and when people talk, there's a lot of other conversations going on. Um, but it, there are also times in debate where everybody's paying attention. No one's yeah. looking at their phone. No one's talking to somebody else. No one's trying to figure out what the next, you know, what, what the bill is, that kind of thing. It was a very, uh, in times, intense debate. And when you stood up and made those points about you're working at the safe house and you're, I think you said something along the lines of you looked and you have looked into the eyes of a child who's been trafficked. You could hear a pin drop in that room. And, uh, you know, it, unfortunately, uh, it, the those who are going to vote in the way they did, they had already made that decision. But I think if you could get in front of a jury of your peers, if you will, and if it were a fair <laughs> debate, um, I think you, you would have a different outcome. Yeah, I mean, there were there were a lot of conversations afterwards, too, where people thought, you know, that it wasn't real. Like, I, I can assure you this is more real than you, you'll you'll yeah. ever know or experience, yeah. you know, sitting across the table, you know, having dinner with with some of these children who have been trafficked, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's heartbreaking. And others come up to me later saying that was incredible, you know, it, it moved me. But unfortunately, we're, we're so ingrained in political spheres, some that they can't look beyond that and, and can't look to stand up for what's right, instead just continue along the same political path. You know, it's really frustrating being in Illinois right now on this topic because it is so dominated. Uh, there's such interests on the other side of this that have so many resources that that our side just doesn't have. I, I do think, though, um, and I'm sure you're familiar with the Terrence poll that was put out in March that showed uh, that, that, that the question was asked, um, do you support a law where an adult guardian is notified prior to a minor 
procuring a, a, an abortion at abortion facility. It was it was it the question reflected the law. And I think 72% of Illinoisans said yeah. they agreed with that. It was a straight up yes or no. And so I I, I look, I, I get that maybe the culture is changing in ways that I wouldn't like and you wouldn't like, but I there is no way we're near where this vote reflects. No. What what can people do now that now that the vote is over? Um, and and I think what you said is very interesting, Representative Boss. You know, we live in a state now where you can pretty much due to the legislation passed a couple of years ago, you can procure an abortion for any stage up to birth. Uh, a minor can get one without their parent being notified. And thirdly, I think you, I, you said this, but I think it's worth pointing out. And by the way, the taxpayers are going to pay for it now. And you can yep. come from, like you said, anywhere, anywhere in the world and we'll pay for it. Yep. And we'll send you back on your weary way. Is something wrong here? And, and you know, we tried and but but and you tried. And the arguments sort of fell on deaf ears. And, and, and I do think there were, what, seven Democrats that voted no or present, something like that. There's 74. Yeah. I think the past was 64. So there were like nine or 10. And some people, I will say to you, and it, well, it gets public record, said they were going to vote against it and they voted for it. it. It's just very frustrating. And I don't know if you have any words of wisdom for us on what to do or how could we be better. I mean, ultimately, it's at the ballot box. But I don't know. What, 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 where do we go from here? I mean, ultimately, it is at the ballot box. You bring up the, you know, the, the main point with it. We need to hold our legislators accountable. And outside of the the, the repeal of PNA, when you look at, uh, you know, the sex ed bill that passed, mm-hmm. and even the repeal of, uh, you're, I think you're going to talk about it a little later, later on today, the Healthcare Right of Conscious Act. When you look at the witness slips, overwhelmingly opposed to passing those, and yet those on the other side ignored. And just push it through anyways, because the mentality is I know better than you do. Yeah, I know it's better than than you for our community, for our state. That's not our job as representatives. My job is not to push my will out amongst the people. I have certain moral things that when I went door to door and I was talking to people saying these are moral lines that I will not cross. And if that's an issue for you, don't vote for me. But outside of that. My job is to represent the people of my district, to listen to the voices as challenging as it is at times and vote accordingly. There are things that I voted in favor of that I personally would not have voted in favor of. But knowing my district wanted something like that, I voted that way. So we have to hold our representatives accountable. We have to hold our senators accountable and in a loving as much as possible way. And if they refuse to acknowledge you know, that they're not listening to the people, then, you know, at least on the, the, the House side, every two years, you've got an opportunity to rally, to work. Yeah, they may have more money, but they they can't outwork you. If you if you make that determination of I'm going to do all I can to make sure that they're held accountable and we get somebody in there that will actually listen to the people, get out, knock doors, volunteer, make phone calls. You can do all of those things for a local candidate. And it has a lasting impact. As you said, I mean, the, the parental notification only passed by a couple of votes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only a couple of votes. If we had a couple more people willing to right. stand up and say no on either side, we'd be in a different a different sitting right now. Same thing with the, the Health Care Right of Conscious Act. Yeah. It only passed by a couple of votes. Yeah. So if we had, again, representation that was willing to stand up and listen to the people, we would have a different outcome right now. 
Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I will give, there was one state rep that was quoted in the paper uh, in the Tribune, and and he said, I've received an overwhelming number of phone calls about this, so I'm going to vote no. And I think he said he hadn't received any on the other side. So I'll give him credit, uh, Representative Walsh from Joliet. He did vote against it because, I mean, this is what his district wanted. I don't know where he's personally. I have no idea, but but he he did vote accordingly. So I mean, so it does work sometimes. It does work. Uh, it doesn't always work, unfortunately. And I think what you talked about too is um, we're going to jump here in a second. But uh, one opportunity, it, it, well, there's two opportunities. One that you said I can't underscore enough is to get more involved in the political process and help people who support your values and oppose people who don't. Absolutely, that's the first thing. The second point is on that comprehensive sex ed bill. There is an opportunity here. I mean, we saw what happened in Virginia and some other places across the country that people are more and more focused on what happens at their local school district and their local school yep. board. And that's something that's going to be coming up at your local school board. And you can you have the power to stop it. The way that legislation is drafted is you don't have to teach that. You can teach no. something different. But No, there, it's it's that, that or nothing. It's that or nothing. Right. It's that or nothing. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and there's ways that you can teach biology and science Correct, without yeah. without getting into that agenda. Um, so, yeah, there are opportunities out here for people to get yeah. more involved. And that's where I think the the, the opportunity is on a, on a political movement um, uh, in terms of trying to move an agenda. So. Absolutely. We got to get involved and stay involved. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the the reality is that, you know, I, I started as just a guy in my community who, yeah. who loves serving my community and found these opportunities and said, well, we need a bigger voice. Mm-hmm. And so I got to do something about that. Watching actually the number of people that were involved in local elections and school board elections this last cycle uh, was incredible. I've never seen so many people show up for a school board meeting than, than I'm seeing right now. People are activated and engaged. And we've got to remember that, yes, there's federal politics, but there's local politics and, and, and local matters. And right. local matters a lot into your day-to-day life. And we've got to stand up and do the right things and fight for the freedoms and the choices that uh, that we think are right great representative boss thanks so much for taking some time this morning uh great work on the parental notification and i'm sure that there'll be uh other issues ahead uh god bless you and your work and uh once again thanks for joining us thank you thanks for the opportunity great take care uh this is bob gilligan don't go away we'll be right back we're going to be joined by patrick cachione he is the director of the illinois catholic Healthcare association and he's going to be talking about an issue that representative boss touched on which is the uh health care right of conscience act don't go away we'll be right back